Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali and I, are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along. And if not, no problem. We'll try to put it all together for you. So let's get started. Well, hello, everyone. We're back in the book of Haggai. We're in chapter 1. We're um, asking the question this morning as we study, um, have you ever been in a situation where reality doesn't quite look like your expectations? You know, sometimes when you start a project or you start something, and once you get going, as you thought it was going to be, well, this is kind of what the people were like. The people had come back from their exile in Babylon. They had uh, King Cyrus had let them go back home to rebuild the temple. Daniel had asked King Cyrus to let the people, uh, you know, go back. And uh, so now they're back. They have everything to be, you know, excited about. And, of course, as human nature uh, would have it, the people... You know, once they were back home in their own homeland, everybody's, you know, getting work to rebuild their life. And uh, I'm sure there was excitement. I'm sure there was some people were scared. I'm sure there was some people that were just, you know, doing the best they could. But, um, you know, the problem was, is they were all working on their own homes. They were all busy trying to get themselves back on their own feet, you know. it's it, There was a prob- probably a little bit like the wild, wild west. <laughs> you know, let's let's all, you know, every everybody needs to, you know, work really, really hard, you know. Um, I'm sure there was a little bit of every man for himself kind of feeling. Um, but, but the problem was, is God's house, the temple, uh, was still in ruins. Nobody was really working on it. And that this is uh, where Haggai jumps in and God's asking these questions, you know. How come, you know, my house looks so bad and uh, and your houses um, are all looking better? So um, the people uh, started considering their ways. And then as we, we talked about Last time, we'll, we'll backtrack some of the verses. We'll be starting in chapter 12. Uh, in uh, We'll be starting in chapter 1, verse 12, finishing chapter 1, and, and touching a little bit in chapter 2. 
So uh, we'll jump in. Then Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, and Joshua, the, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest, with all the remnant of the people, obeyed the voice of the Lord their God and the words of Haggai the prophet as the Lord their God had sent him. So the people heard God's word and they started obeying. They, they, um, they started rebuilding the house of God, the house of the Lord. Now, this would have been Solomon's temple. Now, remember, this was a very, very grand temple that Solomon had built. So now this remnant group of people, uh, they're trying to work on rebuilding this temple, okay? So um, and the words of Haggai the prophet as the Lord their God had sent him. And then it's and then to continue, and the people feared the Lord. Okay, so they did a couple things. They obeyed God's word and they feared the Lord. Then Haggai, the messenger of the Lord, spoke to the people with the Lord's message. I am with you, declares the Lord. And the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and the spirit of Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and the spirit of all the remnant of the people. So God, God sees that the people obeyed. God sees the people feared him. Their hearts were in the right place. And God says, I'm with you. <clears throat> and he stirs up the spirit. And they came and they worked on the house of the Lord of hosts, their God. And then uh, Haggai is saying, on the 24th day of the month, in the sixth month, in the second year of Darius the king. Okay, so... So this is uh, where we find ourselves here. You know, the people are obeying God. They're fearing God. Uh, they're working together, trying to rebuild this uh, this temple. And, uh, you know, if you and I were there, we'd, you know, would we be doing the same thing or would we be doing something any different? They, It's a very practical uh, situation. You know, you got to get out you got to work on something, and maybe you're not that good at it, but God needs you to do it. And, you know, how often have we been in a situation where God's asking us something we don't want to do, or we don't know how to do? Do we have the, are, are we trained as carpenters, or bricklayers, or, or, you know, God needs us to do it, people are jumping in to do it. Very practical book, very practical message. He's asking him to do it, not so much because he knows they're all carpenters. We don't know about the people. The only reason he's asking him to do it is because he needs his house built. He needs somebody to step up and and build his house. Chapter 2, verse 1. In the seventh month, on the 21st day of the month, the word of the Lord came by the hand of Haggai the prophet, Speak now to Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and to all the remnant of the people, and say, Who is left among you who saw this house in its former glory? How do you see it now? 
Is it not as nothing in your eyes? <clears throat> so, God is, is uh, touching on something, and He's saying, do, you know, do you guys remember? Do you guys remember when, when this thing looked a lot better? And uh, right now, the thing you're building is nothing compared to the, to the old temple. What you're doing doesn't compare. Now, how does that make you feel? Um, I think I think probably some of them, some of them already felt this in their hearts. You know, they were they were working on something that it didn't look like much. They were working on something that didn't look all that impressive. They're working on something like this is the best I can do, but man, this is nothing. So, McGee's saying that some of them would have been probably crying out for joy that the temple was being rebuilt, and some of them would have probably been crying out in, in sadness that the temple that was being built didn't look as good as the old temple. Well, we're coming to a very interesting, interesting um, dilemma here in this book, and it would be something that if you were working on this temple, you would probably have an opinion one way or another. So would I. And many times God's asking us to do something and quite frankly, we feel like we don't have the tools to do it. Maybe there's somebody who needs us, who needs our help, and we feel real inadequate. Or we have something we're working on and we, we just we can't make it right. God's asking us to work on something, and we think, "Why are you asking me to work on something? This is a, this is an, an uphill battle. I, I can't win." I wonder if that's so similar to the people in this predicament, having to rebuild a temple that physically they could never get it back to the way it was. It's almost like asking somebody to. Try to put the toothpaste back in the tube once you squeezed it out of the tube. Well, we'll have to stop here because this is where our study ends. Today's Friday. That means we'll take up our study of Haggai uh, on Monday. So now I'll turn the rest of the podcast over to my co-host in Zambia, Matali. Matali, I hope you're doing great. Uh, look forward to hearing what you've got to say today. For me to all of you, God bless you. Keep your heart centered on Christ. Hello, so today's teaching is coming from Haggai chapter 1 beginning at verse 12 all the way to Haggai chapter 2 verses 1 to verse 3. So in the last 11 verses that we studied, we had a challenge to the people. And you know, that is, there was a charge of conflict of interest. So these people, um, the children of um, Israel, they were putting their selfish interest ahead of um, God's against God's program and this was the reason that the temple was not rebuilt so you know they were giving an excuse that it wasn't just the right time it wasn't God's will but God was now actually um, charging them and challenging them uh, that you know even though there was so many hardships and all they managed to actually build their houses and they left the Lord's house in ruin so 
God then asked them to consider their ways. And we have this in verse 5 and verse 7 of Haggai chapter 1. And it says, Now, therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. And in verse 7, it also says, Thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. And, you know, in our previous studies, we had... Um, taken out so many different examples of scripture um, of where man actually puts his ways ahead of God's ways or ahead of God's program and the result uh, is destruction and death. So Dr. David McGee gave an example of a funnel. You know, man's ways are broader on one end. If you look at the funnel, they're like open on one end, they're attractive and you know, they become narrower and narrower and eventually lead to destruction and death. But God's ways are, you know, they're narrow because they're not popular and, um, you know, you have to work. You have to put in the work. And um, only then do you actually, um, uh, you know, does the blood of Jesus keep on cleansing us over and over and over again because, you know, we consider God's ways and we obey him and it leads to uh, life, everlasting life. So... God was actually judging these people, um, which they actually didn't seem to recognize. And because, you know, these people were, you know, they had that pious platitude. They were hardened by the fact that uh, the trouble and the problems that they were having was God's judgment upon them. And they couldn't see this. And this tends to happen a lot in our days. You know, we may go through a lot of trials and tribulations and problems and troubles, but we tend to put so many things between us and God because we're now living in a mechanical and technological world and we put so many things ahead of us. But, like, do we ever stop to sit and think and, you know, um, and just think, like, maybe this is God maybe trying to tell us something. Um... Or we just put up this pious platitude. We're just hardened. We're so hardened like these people and just say, you know what? You know, it's just it's just our luck. We're just, you know, having uh, bad luck. So God then actually gave these people a command to construct the temple. And the solution to the problem was very simple. So first, he told them to go up to the mountains and cut up trees. And secondly, they were to bring up these trees to make lumber. And third, they were to build a house. That's God's temple. And the results would be great and God would be pleased because God would be glorified as they were then putting God first and then they would uh, have material blessings. As you know, their material blessings had been withheld as it's actually clearly stated in Haggai 1 verse 6 and it's the, and it says you have sworn much oh sorry you have sown much and bring in little you eat but do not have enough you drink but you do not but you are not filled with drink you clothe yourself but no one is warm and he who earns wages earns wages to put into a bag with holes so their material blessings had been held back and they didn't recognize this because they had this you know, they were hardened to the fact um, to actually see that God was judging them. So, verse 12 of our study, that's where we begin from. It reads, Then Zerubbabel, the son of uh, Shealtiel, and Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest, with all the remnant of the people, obeyed the voice of the Lord, their God, and the words of Haggai, the prophet, as the Lord, their God, had sent him. And the people feared 
the presence of the Lord. So now here we have a response to the challenge. So God had challenged them to actually build up the temple. So the people now obeyed uh, and constructed um, and begin the, began the construction of the temple. So um, these people actually did two things. Firstly, they obeyed. And to obey is better than sacrifice. So if we obey and walk in the light as he is the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, um, that's God's son, will keep on cleansing us from all our sins. So we must walk in the light of the word of God and it will humble us and show us our failures and, you know, our weaknesses. And if we look at them and deal with them, then the blood of Jesus will keep on cleansing us uh, from all our sins and we will have fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ. So these people obeyed, um, you know, God's instruction and, you know, now they were blessed you know, they were receiving their material blessings abundantly. And then the second thing that these people did is they feared um, God. So fear here is in the sense of reverence, that's respect, giving that, you know, um, higher reverence, uh, that higher respect to God. So they feared the Lord. The, uh, they feared the Lord. And scripture says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So now get to verse 13 and in verse 13 and verse 14 um, we have now the confirmation from God so verse 13 reads then Haggai the Lord's messenger spoke and the Lord spoke the Lord's message to the people saying I am with you says the Lord so the Lord said uh, he is with them so he said I am with you and the Lord Jesus Christ had actually said I am with you until the end of the age and this rested upon obedience so God is with us until the end of the age so the Lord Jesus Christ had actually said um, go into the world and preach the gospel so if we obey the Lord Jesus Christ then he is with us then we we'll indwelt with the Holy Spirit if we obey uh, if we if we love the Lord Jesus Christ we will obey him and we will follow his commandments and will obey his instruction and then we'll be indulged with the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit will guide us and it will humble us and it will point at our failures and we'll work and deal with all those failures. Only then will we have the blood of Jesus cleansing us over and over again because we know we always fall short of the glory of God. So Jesus Christ said, I am with you when you obey me. And this is the place of blessing and we can have fellowship with him verse 14 goes on to read so the lord stirred up the spirit of zerubbabel the son of um shealtiel gov governor of judah and the spirit of joshua the son of jeho zadak the high priest and the spirit of all the remnant of the people and they came and worked on the house of the lord um on the house of the lord of hosts their god on the 24th day of the sixth month in the second year of King Darius. So now here, um, the leaders, they actually entered enthusiastically into the building up of the temple into the work and the leadership of the nation that's the civil leader the governor that's Zerubbabel and he is um in the kingly line um and he is the son of Shealtiel uh, Shealtiel means um 
asking of God in prayer. And so behind this was a lot of prayer. And there's Joshua, um, who is the high priest. So there is a joining together of the government, the citizens, and religion. That was the God-given religion. And here, um, this oh, oh, this whole thing actually took place on the 24th of September that's um, here in verse 15 as it states here in verse 15 that's um, on the 24th of the sixth month so it took place 24 days um, after their first message and that's on the 24th um, of September 520 BC and the first message was given on the 1st of September 520 BC and that's when God challenged them and they responded to the challenge and on September 24th Haggai gave them the second message and the people are now organized and they have come together and they are going to uh, start to work on the temple so they're now getting the 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 the, the, the tr cutting the trees from the mountains and they're making lumber and they're now starting to work on the foundation of the temple now we get to chapter 2 and here in chapter 2 we have the discouragement of the people and the encouragement of the Lord and this is from verses 1 to verse 9 and this took place on um, October 21st 520 BC so Haggai is a very um, organized um, person very practical and he dates all his messages and here, verse 1 reads um, of Haggai chapter 2, In the seventh month, on the 21st of the month, the word of the Lord came to Haggai the prophet, saying... So here, um, here we have actually the third message, and they had been working a month now. Um, and the temple is beginning to actually go up and shape up and there is a great deal of enthusiasm because now you know we had the civil leader and the high priest everyone is involved and the citizens and there's a lot of enthusiasm and as god has actually encouraged them and god says you know god had actually said i am with you because now they were obeying god verse 2 goes on to read um, speak now to Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and to the remnant of the people, saying, He who is left among you, who saw the temple in its former glory, and how do you see it now in comparison with it? Is it not in your eyes as nothing? Is this not in your eyes as nothing? So here we have... Now, the second item of discouragement. So this is a message that is now directed to the same group of people, the same leaders and, uh, you know, the same citizens that God had encouraged in the last chapter. That's in chapter one that we had just talked about. So at verse three, we have now the second hurdle that Haggai had to actually clear up as um, the prophet and um, you know, and in all this while, we have Zechariah, who is also prophesying along Haggai, and we shall get to this, you know, in our next study when we finish the book of Haggai. So what was happening is 
that you know many of those that had returned from the Babylonian captivity, uh, though many of them had actually been very young when they were taken into captivity, but they remembered the beauty and richness of Solomon's temple, the temple that was there, God's temple. And now in comparison to the temple that they had actually put up, it was, um, you know, it was a very simple structure, a very simple temple compared to a Solomon's temple. So the temple of Solomon, you know, it was ornate, it was rich in every detail, and it was very detailed. And the temple uh, they were actually building didn't measure up to Solomon's temple at all. So Solomon's temple had not been, you know, a large temple, but it was rich, you know, a lot of money had been put into it. It was rich and it was ornate and the people, um, you know, those people, the people there, um, you know, the old folk uh, could actually remember this. And those who had seen it, they could actually remember, you know, how Solomon's temple had been and there was comparison. So Solomon's temple, it had jewels, it had gold, it had silver, and it was very beautiful. So now the date given um you know when this temple was that's like in the seventh month on the 21st of the month that's um in october that's the 21st of october um the seventh month on the 21st day um so the date given you know as the temple went up was the seventh month of the 21st day of october and if we actually check in leviticus 23 um you know, on the feast days that are listed there, we have um, the seventh day of the Feast of Tabernacles. So that is the final feast of ingathering for the year. Um, and Dr. J. V. McGee's opinion is that, um, you know, the people had um, actually pressed forward in order that, that the temple should get ready um, as you know, the temple should get ready or as far along as they could um, in order for them to celebrate these feast days um, and, you know, use it for the celebration of the Feast of Tabernacles and this temple, even when it was complete, you know, it was never as ornate um, was, you know, um, rich and beautiful as Solomon's temple. So there was the absence of silver and gold and jewels and when many of the old folk who had actually seen Solomon's temple um, and who could actually remember it you know could compare you know com compare the two temples and you know when they came in to celebrate the feast of the tabernacles and um, you know there was uh, a lot of mixed reactions and you know with any building site construction site you have, um, you know, when the, when, when the structure is not yet done, you know, you're still building it and all, but it's still usable. It's not as pretty or as beautiful because it's still construction sites, like an unfinished building, it doesn't look good. So now there was mixed reactions when they came in, um, when they came into it. And, you know, we can refer back to Ezra 3 verses 8 to verse 11. Let me just read that. And it reads... <clears throat> Now, in the second month of the second year of their coming to the house of the Lord at Jerusalem, Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, Joshua, the son of Jozadak, 
and the rest of the brethren and priests and the Levites and all those who had come out of the captivity to Jerusalem began work and appointed the Levites from 20 years old and above to oversee the work of the house of the Lord. Then Jeshua with his sons and brothers, Cadmel with his sons and the sons of Judah arose as one to oversee those working on the house of God. The sons of Henadad with their sons and their brethren and Levites when the builders laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, the priests stood in their apparel with trumpets, and the Levites, the sons of Asaph, with cymbals to praise the Lord according to the ordinance of David, king of Israel. And they sang responsively, praising and giving thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever towards Israel. Then all the people shouted with a great shout when they praised the Lord because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. Okay, so, <clears throat> you know, there was mixed reactions. You know, there was um, shouts of joy and there was also the wailing. So they had to celebrate the building of the temple. So here we can see, you know, the, the, there was already a foundation and a structure, some kind of structure. Um, and... Um, you know so they 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 was they were having their uh celebration of the feast of the tabernacles in the temple that they had built and um amidst all the shouting of joy you know there was a weeping like a howling as they were making a comparison you know those people had actually witnessed the the the, the temple of solomon um you know they were um they were like wailing and um and and they were making a comparison with the temple of solomon and this was discouraging so this is the next message that we're going to have in our next study um that haggai is going to um have to overcome um that's the discouragement of the people and the encouragement of the lord so uh, this is the third message um that haggai is actually now that Haggai will actually have to clear um, as a prophet, you know, as a message from God, the third message he's going to give. So, yeah, this is um, our, our teaching for today. Um, thank you all for listening in. God bless you all and have a pleasant day. Bye-bye.